one thing I'm interested in hearing your perspective on, Andre, is uh, I know you you had a you've had some problems with um, uh, the actual open source license, and when it comes to like uh, your your background or your actually you're actually running Polygon, where you ha- you have to create some tools for like a, maybe a bridge where you can just one click. And now you have your Polygon materials inside of Blender, inside of the software. I know you had a Twitter thread about this some uh, some months ago. Can you just explain yeah. what's actually going on there? Because this is something we don't really know about. Yeah, yeah interesting timing. Because, uh, yeah, it was just a couple of hours ago I had a meeting with my team specifically about developing, uh, <laughs> ah. furthering the add-on for Blender for, for Polygon assets. So, yeah, so this is, this is where it gets sort of technical in the, uh, you know, what's the, what's what's right and wrong and what's... Okay, so like, say, let's say you forget this add-on idea. Let's say you have an idea for, um, yeah, like some sort of. Um, uh, no, forget. It. No, we'll, we'll do the add-on. Okay, because I can't think of a better example. Okay, so Polygon, right? We have a few competitors. Uh, Texas.com, Megascans. We've got all these other, other, other sites, right? And we want to make it so that our assets, when we like a user can use Polygon and they can quickly add a Polygon texture or material or model into their Blender file, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, we the add-on that we make or the whatever feature set we add to Blender has to be open source. <clears throat> Meaning if we spend six months developing this add-on, which will cost six months just to get it like a working version, like mm-hmm. alpha software, uh, you know, we're probably going to spend $30,000, $30, let us say, right? So there's other competitors that have similar monetary constraints as we do. When we develop this add-on, it's now open source. They can just take that, copy it, and they now have the exact same product and the advantage to their users without having spent $30,000. So they are now $30,000 ahead, we're $30,000 behind, even though we're the ones that built this thing. Yeah. So that is... The downside, <laughs> Ton had a good point though. Ton replied that like, if you're a, a software company and you, you care about your users, why does it matter? Like you should just be caring about your users. You're thinking about it from the point of view of a, like you've got competitors and you're trying to beat the competitors, whereas open source is the opposite. It is trying to just make things better for users, <laughs> which I get, I do get that, but it removes all the incentive to make the thing in the first place. Yeah, You know, like there are some killer add-ons that I think Blender needs, like say for architecture, right? Like it's just an amazing like architecture suite to like, you know, drag and drop things and just like add cabinets and have all these handy things. But you can't monetize that. You could, but people can legally download it for free. You can sell it on the Blender marketplace, which is kind of, it's, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird thing that Blender has going where there are add-ons which are just code that you, that is actually open source that are being sold on the Blender marketplace for like 200 bucks. There's like eCycles, for example, right? This uh, like cycles optimization thing. It's open source. Yeah. So you don't have to pay for it. But you do if you want to <laughs> download it. Like, And here's the other, and this is the other thing that I'm kind of, I don't get how this is going to work. I think it, this is one of those things where it's worked for Blender so far getting to this, this small stage, but I don't know if it's going to hit problems in the future. But for example, eCycles is this amazing developer who made Cycles faster, which is 
one of the number one things render engines want to be is yeah. faster. In order to remain competitive, it's got to be faster. And Cycles is the engine that almost everybody using Blender uses. Uh, so it would be in Blender's interest if Cycles is faster. So this developer's made this thing, and he's charging for it, 200 bucks, and all the more power to him. That's a great way to go. He's going to get rich doing that. But it's open source. Why hasn't Blender adopted it and absorbed it into Blender? Because it would be the mean thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> it would is... be mean, yeah. right? Because then the Blender Foundation's like, hey, thanks for the free code. I know you're charging for it, but thank you very much. Yeah. I think that's the only reason. So in the meantime, Blender has subpar cycles, right? And I think they're even going to absorb it but it's gonna be a 12 months after it's been available on the marketplace. So mm -hmm. that means the render engine of Cycles is what, 12 months behind forever? It's like, it, this is where it gets into this like relationship political thing of like, we gotta be nice because you've, you've done this thing and, but also we want Blender to be better. So it's like, if you really actually only care about users, then yeah, you would just absorb all these add-ons and make it part of your feature set, but it doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, 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 the Blender Market guy, CG Cookie, they made an add-on called Retopo Flow. Have you used ah, yes. it? I've seen it. It's uh, talked about a lot, but it's not for 2.8 yet, right? Oh, really? Yeah, it's still, okay. it's still yeah, it out for be. beta. It's still in development. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that add-on, uh, it's been out five, five-ish years now, and I'm sure those f tools would be great if they were in Blender. But they're not because yeah. it's a paid add-on. They could, but they're not doing it. It's, so this is where it's it, it's just, it very quickly just gets hairy. And it's so much, I mean, there's problems with this as well, but they, like having a closed source system where people can develop code and actually retain the rights for it. I think, I, I, I think that kind of, that kind of works for a lot of cases. And yeah, it does mean that some people are restricted. Mm -hmm. The guy that's in India and he can't afford the add-on uh, and it's closed source add-on that does these amazing tools, he can't get access to it. So I, yeah, Ton's idea of like make everything free and open source. Yes, it's cool. It's great. It's worked so far maybe, but it also is removing incentive because I'm not going to make that architecture add-on. I might not make that bridge software. I don't know. Because the incentive is removed, there is no monetary incentive to developing an add-on when it can be given away for free. So that's the problem that I foresee, and I don't know. I don't know the ways around it. It's 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 hairy. Here's the one caveat: is things that extra assets that work with an add-on. So, for example, there's a guy who makes grass walled add-on, which is like a grass thing but it, it only works with his model. So he's got these models which are sold separately or they're sold with the add-on, right? <laughs> That's very smart. So yeah. you, can have, smart. you can take this code uh, and you could actually make your own grass add-on and have your own grass stuff with it, but it's packaged together. So it's like, that's like a way around it, right? You have extra yeah. stuff that put that's in it, but you as just code, you can't, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's the, I think it's the same way actually that WordPress works. Like um, you have a bunch of sites, like if you have WordPress plugins and the like, uh, there's a bunch of sites around that just take and download all WordPress plugins and then they resell them for like five bucks. Uh, oh, because really? Of, because of their license system, it allows you to, I mean, you can just resell. I'm curious if it's the same thing then with like, I don't know a lot about this kind of licensing, but it's the same thing. Like if we just bought 
we're not going to do that. But if we just bought everything off the Blender market and then just resold it on Flip Normals for like $1, I'm curious, like, I mean, it's that would be a, a shitty idea. thing to do. <laughs> but I mean, technically, like if, if that's the sort of how the system is built up, people could do that. But like, I totally, I 100% agree with you, Andrew, that it removes the incentives for for companies. Like, I mean, yeah, being nice to users is a great thing, but you still need to eat. Except when things don't get built for the users because <laughs> nobody's yeah. going to do it because there's no incentive. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. if, you, yeah. if you were to develop this now and release it for free, and now the argument is, oh, it's really nice for users. Yeah, but you're $30,000 down now. That means you're going to have to recuperate that somehow. So you're going to have to increase your prices or in which might, then you might lose customers, whatever it is. You, you're going to have to make $30,000 more now in order to do this. So do you care do you have yeah you need the incentive yeah. for this it's i mean i don't know what the solution is with an open source software like that where that is the license model like you say it's like with the with e-cycles yeah i mean it sucks that cycles isn't as fast as it could be because there's an add-on for it uh blender if they wanted to they could just take that code and implement it but it would be kind of a dick move but at the same time mm -hmm. it's kind of what it needs so it, it's it's very very tricky like like i said it, it kind of relies on people being nice people being like it does well uh, we want this plugin developed okay it's developed and we will support it and please no one else steal it or well they're not even stealing it they're just doing what the license says they yeah, can you do. can't even steal it like yeah. it's it's impossible to yeah, actually it's steal, impossible it. To steal it i don't it's know what the solution you is own it. you know yeah <laughs> yeah and that's the other thing it's like it's being nice but it's like it's not even like adhering to its own rules of the universe. You know when you watch a movie and it's invented rules for the universe and mm. then just breaks those rules. <laughs> you know, it's just got like plot holes. It's like, yeah, so you've got this open source system where the idea is that when you make a tool, it gives it away for free and so that everybody can enjoy the tool. And then you got the case like eCycles, where it's like we're not getting the tool for 12 months because you want to be nice to the developer. Mm, so it's like, yeah. it's not even adhering to its own, like open, do everything for the users policy because it's being nice. So it's like, it's, it's saying one thing, but it's doing another, which by the way is very Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that when I, I went on this Amsterdam tour and they're explaining like how the coffee shop thing happened, like historically, like how they're able to sell weed. Mm, and yeah. it was like, they they said it's illegal you can't sell weed but they had these shops that were called coffee shops not cafes which i learned is the difference if it's a cafe it's an actual mm. coffee shop if it's a coffee shop it's labeled as one it sells weed and oh, okay. <laughs> the police and all the government and all the inspectors would say nope they're not selling weed they are clearly labeled as a coffee shop <laughs> and everybody walks out of there smoking a blunt and they go nope not as far as I can see it. They, <laughs> you know? So it was like saying one thing, but then doing another thing. That's amazing. Anyways. Yeah. But it's also it is also cool though that that you have it because sometimes you you have to develop the tools like if um if if you are a studio right and you are you need cryptomat like if you're doing a production today and you don't have cryptomats you are in for a world of pain like you're just not competitive when it comes to compositing because no. the other studios right. are going to do compositing twice as fast as you are and the same thing if you if you do need a lot of other tools well maybe you you need a mob, model publisher or you need to be able to send data be between software you need to develop this it doesn't matter that 
or you don't have an incentive. No, because it you have an incentive because otherwise you won't be able to survive as a company. And at least it means now that the comp- the tools you have to develop anyway, they will just become available because you have to. So in this way, it's it's also really good. Yeah. But I see I see the two sides of it because you're not going to do anything extra but you do have to release the tools which you build which out of necessity yeah well i mean if you just build them you don't have to do anything oh that's true you can yeah. just keep them for yourself yeah. like i guess if you just if you want to make money on it it's not guaranteed that you will yeah um if people yeah. stop being nice but at least you have the tools anyways yeah. <laughs> if you share the, if you share that tool or that add-on you build anyway yeah it doesn't really matter or not no exactly at least it means if you share it then anyone can can get access to this amazing pipeline bridge or whatever it might be (laughs) exciting (laughs) but at least i think this is a cool thing as well when it comes to the future of it as well because now that all these studios and freelance and all these are are starting to use it they're going to be so many scripts and new plugins created you've seen this for maya for ages because it's been used so much commercially you know you can't just sit and spend twice the amount of time which you might do for a hobbyist project or personal piece, you just have to get the job done quickly and then you might pay a programmer to do it for you. And now you afterwards, you're like, well, might as well just share the script yeah. or you do a little renaming script, which is you know 30 lines of codes, but it, it just saves your butt so much. You see this a lot in VFX where basically all studios, they use the same model renamer. They use <laughs> one called Comet Rename. Yeah. They just, they're just taking it and just enhance it a bit further yeah. because every single person needs that but you don't necessarily need it if you're just doing if you're just doing personal projects so i think it's going to be massively influential for blender when when more professionals are using it yeah they're going to make scripts plugins mm-hmm. and they're going to share them for free or for well i guess for free anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> regardless i mean an interesting sort of like comparison there is like for for flip normals for our marketplace uh, we have a like a file uploader that the creators use and that is based off of the open source code for a, a application called Uppy. So, you know, we, we hired a developer to take Uppy and integrate it into our system. And now that our integration of Uppy with WordPress is something that we can then resell to people. And then if we do resell that, they can do whatever they want with it because it's technically that part of the open source license, I mm. think, within WordPress. So it's it's a I think it's the same thing. I'm not entirely sure, but it, it's yeah. Kind we're of not weird. lawyers here. No, <laughs> we are polygon tractors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested, Andrew, to hear uh, hear your opinion on like this is obviously one of the potential hurdles of Blender. But are there any any other big things you you think which can limit the growth of Blender? Any features or any attitudes in a community or like any anything in general which can stand in the way for the supreme world dominance of blender <laughs> as uh, fourth superpower of the world <laughs> a couple of things i think uh for one it's the operational side of things which i think could cripple it yeah. um in just i mean startups get it wrong all the time you know they spend money on things uh that just aren't in demand uh or you can just like overshoot uh, I, I mean, for example, so Blender's been developing particle nodes. I don't know if it, yeah, I believe it was part of the development fund was used to fund, to, to play it, or it might've been a volunteer, but I don't know. Four years ago, I was having a conversation with the developer at the Blender conference about particle nodes, right? Yeah. Still not out. I don't know <laughs> why, but a part of me thinks that if it was commercial software, they probably would have figured that out by now probably because users would have wanted it maybe i don't know you could also argue that 
Autodesk has proven that that's not the case. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, particle nodes, like, I don't know why it's taken so long. I know there are challenges. I know there are things you don't know until you start a project. But part of me thinks that I, 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 I don't want to, like, criticize it, but it, it feels like an inexperienced developer with no guidance. I don't, I don't want to criticize. I don't know anything about it, but I, I, it feels to me like, like a volunteer or like somebody with not a lot of experience. Uh, you know, like we recently hired someone at Polygon who is uh, basically became our COO uh, with Silicon Valley experience. Um, she worked, yeah, worked in Silicon Valley. She knows all that, the whole startup culture, and the way she approaches these problems of projects and deadlines and. It's just mind blowing. It just, it's immediately clear the difference between somebody who worked in Silicon Valley and somebody who didn't mm. is they just complete, like they just, it's almost like they're on, uh, what was that movie? Limitless, you know, <laughs> where he takes the drug and he's they're just like, magical Whoa. drug. it's like, it's like that. Right. Mm. And I feel that, uh, the, the blender kind of has a little bit of this, like, casual, you know, European, like, we'll, we'll get it done, you know? <laughs> um, and I don't know that more money, because I don't know if it was Bill Gates, somebody said that, yeah, it's like, if you if you don't have things figured out, when, like if you're a startup and you're just wasting money and you don't know where money's going, things aren't being managed properly, and then you get funding and then you pour, you're pouring gasoline onto a fire. So it's just gonna burn faster, mm-hmm. right? And I, I would hope, and it seems like it, because that's what Todd said he was going to do, but he would sp- spend a lot of the money up front operationalizing things. So I would hope that you would have somebody very experienced that is paid a lot of money probably to <laughs> to figure it. Because, I mean, that that's like a multiplier effect. You have yeah. the right person. You have somebody from Silicon Valley who just fucking is a rock star. Mm. They just smash it. And then they can, like, lead the teams that are working on these features. Uh, that's what I would I would hope. Um what yeah what could kill it is just like these studios that have just joined blender uh they see that the money that they've spent isn't being used effectively Mm. i i I think that would i mean yeah i mean i'm a a silver corporate silver polygon's a corporate silver member of of the blender foundation uh sorry the, the the development fund right and uh yeah if if we see that like yeah features are announced or features are worked on forever and then never finished and you're looking at it and you're like wow that developer was that's forty thousand dollars a year it's four years later where's the thing and it's not there yet it's not even usable it's like okay you guys need to crack your heads you know so i don't know if that's the case but it's like i could see that being a problem like Mm. people that come from that world of like getting stuff done and like paying for something and getting something delivered I, if they came to Blender and they didn't see that, they could they could pull out. Uh, the other thing that uh, is kind of a hairy one, if Ton died, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> oh yeah. no, let's hope that it's it doesn't a... come to that. <laughs> no, well, exactly. But like, uh, I, I wish him a long life and I hope he I hope he lives a long life. But also he's the figurehead and it's yes. like, it's like if, if uh, yeah, when Steve Jobs dies, it's like, <gasps> it's like the heart of the company. How can yeah. it recover? Uh, and I, I'm sure Blender would recover in some way, but he's seen as, even though it's open source and it's anybody can contribute and do whatever they want and all that kind of thing, he is, people are still people and they look to a leader and he's mm-hmm. the leader. He's the guy. When he says stuff, 
he actually has the same vote as anybody else, mm. but he doesn't <laughs> because he's the leader. Yeah. So when he says stuff, it gets done. When he says that's not important for Blunder, this is, that gets done. And uh, yeah, if he was to just tragically die, um, that would be the sad part. I'm not going to say that like we should only be thinking about code when somebody's life has ended. That would be sad, but also we're talking about Blender. So yeah. what would be sad would be what's going to happen. I, I, I feel the community would just kind of collapse and just, ah, who's leading this ship? And then people would make like judgments like, ah, it was when Ton was leading, it was all, everything was better, and now it's not. Look what it's doing. And it's... Whether that's true or not, you won't know. But it would be this feeling of uh, of of demotivation and like mm. things are sloppy. So I I don't know what would happen. Yeah, I think mean, you would take over as the next. <laughs> the <blender laughs> next I mean, you kind of set yourself up for that. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't coming. even be on the the billing or the if there was a vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's in, it's interesting because like I don't know any other software in the industry where everyone sort of like they know ton yeah but they, they know his name and like pro people probably watch videos with him and it's like yeah. that's it's always you see his name referenced and stuff when you talk about feature updates or where blender is going it's always like ton said this mm -hmm. this is what ton wants uh like you don't get that with maya like <laughs> no one I don't know. It's no, like I don't yeah. know who's the CEO of, of Autodesk. No, like, he doesn't even know the Maya exists. No, exactly. Probably. So it has that. <laughs> it, has, it is an interesting <laughs> dynamic there. Yeah, I, I like your I like your interesting answers, Ander, because a lot of people are just like, well, if we had three million dollars, we would just hire how much is that? That's thirty developers. <laughs> <laughs> now you just have like a chicken farm with thirty developers just going crazy, and you're thinking more yeah. as a okay. So now it's a, it's a structure with legit funding. How, how you can't just throw developers at the problem you need to you need to figure out what's needed we see this with flip normals as well when we have developers coming in we can't just tell them just do code <laughs> just poke them with a stick and like <laughs> just make code you got to figure out what do you need like not just from a specific feature like how do you design the feature but is this feature required how does this feature tie into the bigger vision of of what we do with flip normals yeah you really can't just throw money at a problem because like the way i think about it, then you're amplifying the problem if you or you're amplifying the direction if you if you're going in, a, in the right direction and you have the structure for it and you hire 20 30 developers that can really really set you apart or if you or if you go in the wrong direction you can just develop the most amazing features which nobody will ever use yeah so it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting way of thinking about it. I don't I haven't heard that before. That we need a COO of Blender <laughs> from Silicon Valley, essentially, <laughs> and hope that the CEO doesn't die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you learn. I mean, you guys know it with with flip normals. Anyone who's who's started a business knows because you 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 think that you think mm -hmm. that you throw money at something, it just gets done. I think people think of it like like it's like Age of Empires, right? It's like you've you, you pay to get soldiers and then you click on those soldiers to go do stuff. What it doesn't show you in Age of Empires is like, you know, for every 10 soldiers you hire, you have to hire like one officer to yeah. just manage the group of 10, you know. And then once you've got 30 of them, then you have to hire another manager to manage the officers. And then, you know, yeah. and then those people, some people are going to fail. Some people are like really poor and they'll bring the other ones down and they'll create more problems than they solve. And you don't realize it until three months later. And it's it's 
it's never as simple as like just the money expands. So does it's never like a linear output. Uh-huh. The best company, like that's what Google like has one of the best cultures in the world because like the scale of Google, it just it's an I can't imagine how they have retained their culture of you know sharing information and like collaborating and getting things done like the culture of that company is insane yeah and they're just insanely huge i i'm just blown away that they're able to uh to do that um but yeah because they they've focused so much on it they've got so many people whose job at google is is to just look after people yeah. and check on them and what's going on over here and what's you know and that's what happens when yeah to go from that small scale to that bigger scale and what worked here isn't going to work over here so um yeah i i would i would hope and that's my fear though is like that i i notice just uh, uh an abhorrent uh, hatred of anything to do with like the uh free market or the commercial world doing anything correct yeah. and yet within the blender community right and yet there is so much that they could learn from that like hiring somebody who worked at Google or oh, hiring somebody who worked at Autodesk, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a crazy Trickery. thought. You know, but like, uh, yeah, I, I feel there's, there's, there's a lot that, could, that they could learn from that. Um, and, and I fear that right now they're just kind of, they think that, that the open source world is just everything is better and everything is correct. But there's a lot of problems there, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it gets gets very political. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> w- one thing though you can say about like the world of the free market, yeah, there are many societal problems and all that when you have corona capitalism. But one thing which the free market is doing insanely well is building good products. Like you get uh-huh. tight software, you get tight phones and computers and all that because there is a real incentive to do it. Yeah, and this has been refined over so many years. So I totally agree. Oh, like yeah. this is a this is something this is a, this is an area where you can learn a lot from. How it's been done at other, other software yeah for sure no and, and, and you can experience it whenever you uh deal with the government right like i was using uh because i have to lodge vat even though i'm in australia i have to pay charge my customers vat and yeah. then pay it to one of the countries right and so i i, I chose the uk and so the uk have given me this h hmrc login whatever that hmr the her majesty's revenue or whatever it stands for i don't know and it's like they email you a pdf with instructions of how to log into their system (laughs) right (laughs) and the login it's like this tiny thing in the top left hand corner of the screen and you click it and like it doesn't recognize the thing and then it'll ask you three times if you want to set up a separate two-step verification i'm like (laughs) definitely not you can't even get this right do not do any and they're like i'll remind you next time don't remind it's gonna remind you and then and and then you you go through the thing and there'll be errors that doesn't give you and it's just like yeah if this was a company it would have folded immediately nobody would use this product because it is absolutely painful i don't lodge my vat on time because it's painful yeah it's so painful i put it off and you can see that's what happens when you have money for just the sake of money with zero competitors and zero incentive to try hard no accountability in that as well yeah like what are you gonna do gonna yeah. lodge your vat in a different company <laughs> i'll do a different yeah, government exactly. <laughs> there's no choice there's no, no choice so what yeah. what point did the, yeah they're not going to improve anything so no. it's like 
Yeah, whereas like, you know, sign up to Behance or sign mm. up for an Adobe subscription or sign up to any website that is trying to be competitive and they will have figured it out. Yeah. They'll send you like, you didn't, you hey there, you didn't take the first step in like verifying your portfolio or hey, do you need a little mm. tutorial to help you on the way? Or, you know, like everything will be clearly and they'll have figured out because they've split tested like 10 different forms of like the correct way to, to like try to get people in the door, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of thing that, that's the the incentive is, is what drives people to make that beautiful experience. So there's a, yes, there's a lot of problems with the fully <laughs> capitalist world, but there's a lot of great products that come out of it uh, that honestly benefit everyone, so yeah. But try talking about that on the internet without starting a flame war. So yeah, yeah this is going to be the most downvoted thing we ever had done. <laughs> but, but it is something we've seen though as well. Like you know, after we've been doing, we've been doing flip normals full time for about a year and a half now as well. And we had some other projects before. Like you can't just hire developers. You get a, if we were to get a million dollars right now, flip normals would go bankrupt within like two weeks because <laughs> we wouldn't know how to spend it. Just run away with the money. Yeah, exactly. Because we we we're not at a point where we'd be able to spend that. So you got to make sure that you're in the right spot. Even just hiring developers. If we were to make a flip normals and to blender bridge with whatever resources we have you can't just you can't just find a developer you know it's really hard to find somebody you can work with we worked yeah. with people in the past on different projects which it's really just been massively problematic because of that because you you need to figure out that each person is good to work with if you if you hire a person and that person is responsible for like upgrading the modeling tools and they do a bad job you're not getting like slightly better modeling tools they might completely screw it up it might it crashes whenever you use like the text tool because now the boolean tool didn't work or whatever you can just actually make it worse plus now you're like hundred thousand dollars down because of it's expensive yeah, and you might spend people. the next year trying to salvage whatever you can yeah, from exactly. that piece of code so so like, if you, when you are getting like uh, like i saw it with the nvidia fund i think it was enough to hire two new developers for what they had or two or three new developers you can't just go mm. to developmentstore.com and just hire people you need to vet <laughs> them you need to test them you need to bring them in maybe for like s smaller projects and just getting it right there so yeah. i'm i'm really curious how how blender is going to solve this when it comes to it because you can end up at um in a situation where it's kind of like an empty party feeling where you you know there and you don't know anyone at the party and it's not a party but you have to get your job done yeah and that's really detrimental to to company culture especially for a smaller company mm. like i feel like the smaller your company is the harder the hires are going to be like because let's say you're let's say you're five developers right and you want to double your team to 10 oh, that's that's a huge jump for yeah. a smaller team uh, whereas if you're 50 and you want to add five new developers, okay, not that big of a deal. I mean, still, still got to find the five developers, but those five developers are probably not going to do as much damage as when you doubled your team from five to 10. So there's there's a fine balance you have to sort of like find there. Yeah, they say that the, uh, yeah, the early hires that you, that you hire for your company will set the culture, whether you yeah. like it or not. Yeah. If you hire an asshole early on, they're going to ruin the culture. It'll yeah. just get into your culture will just become hostile and everyone mad and not talking and political. And it could just be caused because the wrong hire was done at the start. So actually, uh, the Airbnb CEO, uh, the co-founder, uh, one of the co-founders, um, Brian Chesky, he hired personally, did interviews with the first 500 hires of Airbnb. <laughs> 
for that exact reason. Mm. He knew it was so important at that very early stage. If you hired the wrong person with the wrong attitude, uh, it was just going to screw the culture. So yeah, personally hired them. Yeah, Mark and I also personally interviewed the first 500 foot normals as well. That was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many people at flip normals? Uh, we're three full-time people. Yeah. Now. And then we have some... In- including have some, yourself? Yeah. 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 So okay. we actually just yeah. hired our first person full-time. Yeah. Three right. Who's that? What, what are they doing? Uh, product management and social media. Basically taking over a lot of the things that's preventing us from creating content and developing more features managing us as well managing us yeah is that as well yeah, yeah. so putting it's, stuff it's in really, the calendar yeah 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 exactly really really nice to have it because then we could focus on the bigger things as well yeah we could focus yeah. on on actually you know like inter- interviewing you and <laughs> setting it all up uh, it is interesting because then we can focus on the creative side of it the more where we where we have specialized skill sets like making tutorials new zebras tutorial coming out soon which i can sit down and just go ham on yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. on that. yeah 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 so like first hire that's a that's a big deal yeah that took a long time <laughs> you, you're not gonna just gonna find somebody willy-nilly for that no like that can yeah like you said if you if you get the wrong hire that can screw up the entire thing we see this a lot where it's not so much about the competition like when it comes to making tutorials it's it's not that there is a crazy amount of competition between what we're doing exactly there because we're doing a very specialized niche but what could have broken us is if we don't like working together yeah or whatever it might be there it's more like the personal things and and it's not so much oh no there were too many zebra tutorials out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of the times like the personal like the personal relationships and like you say talk about the company culture that's what can really break a company not because they get 10 million dollars in funding but like everyone has to be able to actually work together that's super important yeah but yeah, I, I remember we're I, I was, at when our I was in London Blender discussion. Last year. <laughs> so keep going, Andrew. Oh, sorry. I remember. What, yeah, when I was in London last year, uh, uh, when we met, actually, yeah. um, I was there to see if I liked living in London. Turns out I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of moving somewhere, and I'm like, London sounds. And then it was miserable and cold and wet and expensive. November and is not a great a place. It's yeah. not a great time, Andrew. You <laughs> no. picked literally the worst time of the year. <laughs> I know, but that would be like November, December, January. Like yeah. that's a quarter of a year where it's yeah. miserable. Yeah, a little. I know I came at a miserable well. time, but it's still. If I'm going to live there, it's going to be miserable for a quarter of the year. I yeah. I think it's a good idea to experience the misery, the most miserable <laughs> of a country if you're going to live there. Otherwise, that's you go there point. in the sunshine. You go, it's not so bad. Yeah, Move the whole family, point. sell the house, sell the car, park <laughs> everything over there, and then it just starts raining. <laughs> and then you have a divorce. Um, <laughs> no, but anyways, so I, I rented a, a little spot at WeWork, this little little cubicle. Ah, um, yes. I don't like WeWork, but it was everything is glass, so you feel like you're living in a fishbowl. Like you can like see to the other side through like 10 offices. Yeah. It's all glass. But anyways, the guy that was, uh, there was like a small little office just next to mine. And I remember like uh, every time he stood up and like he would like go to the door and like get something or whatever, like his face just looked pained. He just looked like... <laughs> just looked like angry about something. There was like two two guys that were working there and they were just like... And, and I remember thinking like, is it like a British thing? Like they're all just like fed up with probably. life <laughs> probably yeah. part of it probably part of it but then i remember on my last day there 
<laughs> they had the biggest fight. And it became very clear that that pained expression was just building up. They had to sit next to each other in this little box and they hated it and they hated it and then they just exploded. Oh, no. <laughs> they were so mad at each other. And uh, and I was like, yeah, that's that company's not going to succeed. They Open go on culture under. right there. 100%. <laughs> yeah, so because... if you have that within, you, you, you hire 10 new developers of Blender and they're all hating each other, mostly because they're halfway because they're British and they're passive aggressive and mean to each other, but also halfway <laughs> because they can't stand each other. Yeah. You know, that's... It's not a good combo. That, that kind of stuff can easily break it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that the good thing about Blender is that it attracts people who already know the culture mm. and they wouldn't want to be a... Like... Yeah, I, I think it would be rare to have a developer who didn't know anything about Blender yeah. that joined probably, because he wanted a job. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have a lot of passion, passionate people there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and people that have just. Uh, but I, I think also, yeah, like pretty early on, and I think that's kind of one of the hindrances possible. It's like a pro and a con, but it like it attracts a lot of young people because they've got time on their hands mm, and they don't yeah. need to be paid. So you get really young people who are you know like people like young artists that are just like building like amazing little projects and you're like whoa and it's like why did you do you how did you and it took him like you know <laughs> four months because he had time people do that in the development space programmers that like they're geeky and they're 16 years old and they just build this amazing feature to blender um yeah so i think you get uh, a lot of that but at the same time yeah, you also have inexperience with that and young people that don't know constraints and yeah. So, I mean, it, it's like it's like the McDonald's problem, right? Like McDonald's hires a lot of really young people. And so they've got a very good structured onboarding and management process to guide mm -hmm. the youngest people who this is almost certainly the first ever time they've been required to arrive at work on time <laughs> and work hard for a set time frame, and you have to teach them that it's like yeah. it's like school, right? It's like you have to teach, like the school of working life is taught at McDonald's because that's all they hire, and like, yeah, I, I would hope that the uh, the guys at the Blender Foundation have a little bit of like, yeah, like mentorship, get some of the more mm. experienced developers and go like, you can't do that, can't do that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I really think it's interesting. This is this is what we spend majority of time talking about when it comes to like the hurdles of it, because specific features and all you can always get that. Developed. Yeah, they can always be developed. Yeah, you spec them out, you figure out exactly what it is, you test the crap out of them, all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't matter if you you have internal conflict in it, and particularly when it is growing land now, yeah, like yeah. it is now, and particularly if they are spending their money well, and uh, now people will get they will get more development. Now suddenly they're probably mm -hmm. gonna have a bigger development team than Autodesk yeah. for for actually for uh, compared to, uh, yeah, to they Maya, because I, I think I have a feeling our team is way smaller than we actually think. Mm. I so. thought it was three people on <laughs> on on 3ds max not even as a jerk like wow. I, who was it that told me it might have been ton oh. but it was like there's a very small team on well, that it, which uh, explains sense. a few things yeah <laughs> yeah that would explain why why the features of blender or 2.8 is is probably the biggest software was like single software upgrade i've seen in a very very yeah, long yeah. time it's not like an incremental mm. thing it actually changes the way you work which is so cool to see yeah we're, yeah, I've actually, yeah, I've heard that a lot. Um, 
that that's actually something that Blender does well that other software doesn't, which is like throw everything out and start over for the better mm. of the software. Mm. Yeah. Um, like it got rid of some feet, like it got rid of the game engine, right? Oh, which yeah. is a risky yes. move. Some yeah. people loved the game engine. I don't know why. I have no <laughs> idea why. Uh, but they loved it for whatever reason because it was branded with Blender. I don't mm. know. You could use Unity. You could use uh, the Godot engine, The mm. uh, all these other ones that are free. But they loved it. and it, But it just hadn't been developed for like 10 years. Yeah. Like there was almost nothing was working about it. They also got rid of the internal rendering engine. Mm. Uh, there was one before... So there was that used to be cycles and the internal rendering engine. And the internal rendering engine was the one that was default. Um, and then with 2.8, they threw it out entirely, made EV the default. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a risky move as well. Um, yeah. What else did they throw out? Uh, they got rid of radiosity back in 2.5. <laughs> Is that like the, uh, the bootleg um, the bootleg version of GI? Of global illumination. What was that? Sorry. Is that like the bootleg version of like a global illumination or like? I think so. Yeah, this was one? like back in two thousand eight ish, <laughs> uh, and it would have been a feature that was developed before that. So probably like two thousand three, four, five, yeah. something. But uh, yeah, it, it had it, they they threw that out, and I remember people mad about that. <laughs> Every time they throw something out, people are mad. Yeah. Um, but I'm like. Good. Not because I like people being mad, but because <laughs> it's holding everything else back. Mm. So I saw actually they, they um, 2.8 doesn't work with some really old graphics cards, right? And when I saw that it wouldn't work for this architecture of graphics card, I was like, oh, no one's going to yeah. care about that because who has that graphics card? Boy, how wrong was I <laughs> go to the comments. Everybody with that old graphics architecture. Like you yeah. could spend 50 bucks on a new card yeah. and it would, you know, <laughs> to get the next one. But people were upset and they felt victimized that they'd been kicked out of the industry because they can't afford the latest thing. It's like, mm, no, you, you can't afford the five years ago computer. That's why yeah. you've been kicked out. <laughs> what other features would you, would you kick out? What was that? Any, sorry. What would you kick out? Any other features of Blender, like currently, or oh, is it is it currently God. a good spot? Yeah. What would I kick out? <laughs> Particles. <laughs> <laughs> Particles are crap. They are so bad. <laughs> but you need them. I use yeah. them every single time I need to make something. Because nice. I always wanted like scatter All the donut tutorials. across things. <laughs> What's that? All the donut tutorials. They all need the sprinkles. Yeah. The <laughs> icing. The the sprinkles on the icing. Mm. And why do the sprinkles intersect that's the that's the number yeah. one comment number how can i stop comment. the intersection of sprinkles the answer is you, you can't, can't. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not there it doesn't have a bounding box like it should mm. like any good scattering system would doesn't have that so my answer was hit the sample button or the uh, seed button until you find a distribution where they're not intersecting <laughs> the as much as as obvious as they could. Uh, yeah. That's the answer. I, I, yeah, it sucks. I feel particles have been just sitting there for a long time, yeah. which is why I'm interested in like particle nodes. That's mm. why I'm upset. Yeah. It's been four or five years. Uh, 
Yeah, see, this is a problem, right? If you're if you're using this commercially as a freelancer, and now you've shown this beautiful donut to a client, and the client is like, "Cool, uh, can you make the note intersect?" And you're like, "No," <laughs> or can you move one of them <laughs> yeah. over there and have the other ones the same spot? And you just randomly click like seed for like a minute. <laughs> so it, it's where like you need specificity on it. That's yeah. where it's really tricky when it comes to like commercial tools. Where it, it's what I mean, right? You can get up, take it up to like eighty percent really quickly. Like throw out some particles here, scatter some sprinkles across the donut. Not, but if you need to be very specific with how you with how you do it, like in other tools, you could probably take first you would have the collision, but or also you could probably take specific particles and only simulate these two around or whatever it might be. It, but to go from like the eighty percent mark to the hundred percent mark, like it requires probably as much development as the remaining features, because now you need to be so specific in what you need. Mm. It's very tricky when it comes to it. Yeah, it's like it's like when you're making a a piece of artwork, right? It's that last two yeah. percent which takes up fifty percent of the time, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. But yeah, what do they say? Like, uh, good is the enemy of great. No, it's like I think it's, <laughs> the full one is like, uh, good is better than a uh, good is like ten times better than okay, but good is the enemy of great or like, mm. i don't know the actual yeah. phrase you're onto something which is, yeah which i mean it is it is what happens like we're, if we're like if we're doing a sculpt or something getting up to something decent you can do that within an hour okay you have something that resembles a face and you spend five hours trying to tweak the proportions a little bit yeah. and just like make that a little, a little bit thicker or something that's what we do when we do, mm. we do, we do tutorials when let's say it's a three-hour tutorial we just did this for the introduction to zebras one the first hour of the of the sculpt was sculpting like a troll figure the first hour is full real time because that's where you you get the most out of your buck but then the remaining like two three hours is sped up because you, yeah. you have to because you actually can't see the differences because it's just you're just tweaking a little bit up a little bit down here and there and it's so tricky but it still takes the majority of the time yeah but you can't really see the difference between like the one hour mark and a four hour mark you can feel it <laughs> and it's way better mm, yeah but it's not like well it, it has all the features like it has the eyes the nose the mouth all this kind of thing everything is just better and more refined but it takes three to four times as long to get there it's very tricky yeah i've got a uh um i don't know like a theory but like when it comes to, like, I remember when I was doing uh, this 2D drawing thing for six months, I made this presentation about the seven habits that I learned among mm. that. And, like, I realized that, yeah, that last little bit took up the majority of the time. Yeah. But actually, that was the least amount of learning. Yeah. Like yes, when I was true. drawing, yeah. like, actually getting the foundations correct and the anatomy and the proportions that was where most of the, the uh, learning was. And that actually had the biggest impact on the final result as well. Mm. But it was that last bit of like getting in, like zooming right in and like sculpting the eyelashes <laughs> and like putting a little crease in the corner of the lip and just like the, the texture of the lip that didn't add that much to it. And it took up so much time. And it yeah, didn't, yeah it, it was, I don't know. So I, I think... Uh, I'm I'm looking for ways to kind of shortcut that or like try to maximize as much attention as I can on the stuff that is like that bold stuff, that big stuff. So I'm actually learning caricatures at the moment. Oh yeah, I'm seeing um, that. It's looking really good. Yes, posting a couple of them on Twitter and stuff. And it's because I realized actually like when I was drawing like, like I, I did one of my wife and, and baby and I was like drawing like this photorealistic face and... <laughs> just being like a millimeter off 
yeah. made them look like painfully ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. like not even close to being a likeness of them. It was like, that's not them. And it was just like that for everything. The yeah. angle, the in, in proportion to everything else. So it was like, I basically had to get a ruler out in order to measure the exact millimeter from here to here of the cheek, and then do that for the, the top of the nose, the bottom of the nose, the, the left of the cheek, the this, this, this. And I realized like, this is, I, I'm kind of missing something. And I, and that's where I, I, why I really like caricatures, because caricatures is the opposite. It's the wildest, stretchiest, most mm. distorted look of the face. And yet it looks almost more like the person then they look like themselves, which is insanely to <laughs> yeah. think about. Like I saw this one of like Bernie Sanders and he's looked like almost like a koala, like big ears <laughs> and he's sort of like hold over a microphone or something. But it looks so Bernie Sanders. But how is that possible? And that's why I like, I don't know. I feel like now that I'm learning that, I'm having a lot more fun and it's, yeah, I'm kind of learning about likeness and why something looks like something versus something else. And why you can distort something so wildly and it can still look like them yeah uh yeah it's kind of it's a weird like perceptual brain thing but it's all like in relation to everything else the sizes and uh the air like where you position the nose and the face and relative to the eyes yeah it kind of like your your brain goes yep that's ryan gosling you know <laughs> and it's it's really interesting it's it's kind of fascinating so i'm kind of like i'm loving that because it's like quicker like a sketch is like five minutes and you learn so much because it's yeah. like you, you figured out what the essence of that person is versus spending 30 hours on a fine detailed sketch, but getting one millimeter off and it being ruined. It's like, I don't know. That's what we do now when, we, when we, we're teaching as well. We, we we're currently doing a mentorship, like a test trial for a full mentorships. And uh, nice. when, when we're teaching, uh, teaching a student now how to actually sculpt, I'm not making him do 30 hour studies because you the maximized the learning was maximized after one hour and now you're just noodling the pores and the wrinkles and all this i'm making him do like a lot of um like a two hour sculpts one hour sculpts even like 15 minute sculpts just yeah. you can squeeze out the maximum learning mm. because if you have 30 hours to do it you could either do 10 sculpts or 30 sculpts or you could do one and there is so much more learning to be had because the finalizing of course that's important as well but you shouldn't do the finalizing before you've you've learned the basics of it now it's going to be a potato with beautiful skin <laughs> so mm. often it, the the issue that you run into there is like you need the foundation which is like that's the thing that you build up that's what takes the longest to sort of learn yeah. and what to really perfect but you also need like the polish at the end to actually sell it yeah um but that's the less hard part um whether it's caricatures or it's sculpting mm. whatever it is so it's always tricky to find that balance because like if you just do the fundamentals part people are oftentimes just going to be looking at your 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 product and be like well there's something missing yeah and that last bit of polish it's like it's unfair that it takes up maybe like a tenth like <laughs> nine tenths of the time of the project yeah <laughs> uh when you've done the important part in one tenth yeah, mm. it's interesting, but there's also like the 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 nine tenth of time for me is also like it's a labor. It's not necessarily that hard. Yeah. You're just sitting down, and that's when you I can actually yeah. put on my headphones and just listen to music and do all that. Because it's it's just sitting there, and you're just refining it. But if 
so if you were to screw parts of that up, you know, you can almost work it up. But if you screw up the cheekbone placement or how far away the eyes are, it's like you said, right, Andrew, where it goes from it look, looks fine to they just look sick or they're, they're not themselves anymore because you, yeah. mm. you you screwed up the angle of the cornea. <laughs> like, yeah, these yeah. tiny <laughs> things. It's so infuriating. Now you have a demon yeah. baby. Yeah, you have a demon baby because you, you move the eye up a little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I I don't know. I, that, that's why I'm kind of hoping that software can kind of like jump in and kind of automate or help with that last bit. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, because it's so painful. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that that fine tuning. Uh, something that kind of made me excited for it was like I tried out this software AI Gigapixel. Have you guys? Mm. Oh yeah, we actually that? have a video yeah. on that. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Right. Nice. And I had this scene where I was just testing it out, but I rendered a kitchen at 50% and uh, I, I, yeah, used AI Gigapixel to like maximize it to the full thing. And then I compared it with a render of the full size render at 100% versus this one. And I was comparing, you know, what the difference is. And um, what was interesting was like in the back of the scene, there was a window and there was trees outside the window. And in the one that the AI Gigapixel had up it looked better than the full 100% version. And I think what it is was that it recognized that it was a tree and it added in detail of little Ah. leaves and like color variations (laughs) to make it look more like a tree than my tree actually looked like. (laughs) And I was like, "Ah it's the future. It's the future. It's going to add in detail where it's needed so that I don't have to think about it. That's what I'm kind of hopeful for because I'm like, ooh, come on. Give me that. Give me that button that just like adds detail to everything. Yeah, you might be able to actually use this commercially all right now. You render in full res, and now you scale it down to like a third, and now you up-res it again with gigapixel, <laughs> and now you just composite the two together because now clearly it it just added a tree texture and adds the, the leaves, yeah. the little pebbles, whatever yeah, it might yeah. be. So now you're just using AI in a smart way. That would actually be an interesting experiment <laughs> to run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hopeful for it. I'm I'm hoping that it gets its way into like yeah, like substance or like like texture painting or like mm-hmm. modeling, ZBrush. I think that'd be fantastic cuz yeah, there's so much that's like it's not an artist at this point. It's just it's, it's just mathematical. Yeah. yeah. It's like taking a reference photo, putting it side by side and going eh, 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 yeah. shift space drag up. And then just yeah. like constantly, like side to side, put on eight hours of podcasts, and you'll get it done. <laughs> it's yeah. it's like anyone could do that, but it's like every artist has to do it to finish off that polish, which is frustrating. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, we've been talking for a long time. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> An hour and forty minutes. There we go. Yeah, oh, okay, that's, that's, uh, maybe we should split this into a couple parts or something because that's going to be a long <laughs> video. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to finish off with uh, except for your um, wife and baby drawings not going the way you want them, but now <laughs> caricatures? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll end on something talking about you know optimizing and automating workflows. I think proceduralism is the future. So we're working on something at Polygon, which is uh, generators. So we released a brick generator. And uh, this week, or by the time this video is out, we'll have just released a wood generator. 
Oh, and nice. it's like the f it's like the last wood floor texture you ever need because <laughs> no it's one. like Classic. one substance nice. file that has like it took like the, this uh, like substance team like a couple of months to put in every little thing you can change the species of the wood the wood layout <laughs> the grain of the wood how many little things in it you could literally make any type of wood you can imagine from like one file nice. and i think that's the future so anyway i've got a video that i'm actually like exporting uh it's, i don't know if i hit export anyways but like it'll be up so uh it's it'll be fresh off the press by the time this uh video is up so uh yeah type in polygon into youtube and then you'll see that that would generate a video so check that out yeah and you can also find anders channel on at blender guru on youtube in case you didn't know in who case you was. didn't know in case yeah. you're wondering for yeah. like two hours where this guy is <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd be impressed to see who, who like bared through that conversation <laughs> yeah let's see, let's see the retention rate on this video but yeah uh, thank you so much yeah, uh, andrew, thanks, andrew for uh, popping by for these almost two hours i guess now that was <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun to it's fun to talk with you guys always yeah, yeah. If you're looking for training or high quality assets, make sure to stop by the Flip Normals Marketplace. And if you're interested in supporting us by buying our merchandise, you can check that out in the description below.